Welcome to this new episode of the NCTM podcast. Uh, we've taken a bit of a break over winter and now we are back with a new series of podcasts. Uh, my name is Beth Goodliffe. I'm the uh, NCTM Senior Comms Manager and I'm here with a group of four fantastic women today to talk about a topic that's very close to all of our hearts, which is getting girls involved with maths, loving maths and understanding the importance of maths in their lives and careers. So I'm joined today by Minna Garrowin, by Alison Rowan-McEwen, by Lou Hoskins-Staples and by Noshin Begum. If you'd each like to introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about who you are and the work you do so our listeners can get a sense of who's going to be talking today. Minna, would you like to go first? Sure. I am American, as you can hear, but I um, studied political economy, went to law school and then went back after working as a lawyer to business school. I was consulting and a friend said, help me start a fund at a hedge fund. And I said, I didn't want to watch TV screens again all day long. I'd been an apprentice summers during university in Basel at the stock exchange. He called back and said, but I'm your friend and I need help. So I went and did it. And after I retired, because I'm probably the oldest one on this podcast. I um, and actually, this is. I spoke to a friend about I couldn't hire women at the hedge fund either for the trading desk or for the investment analysis. It's two separate jobs. Fantastic! An, an amazing experience that you've had so far that's brought you to this place. Brilliant! Thank you, Alison. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and your experience? Sure, of course. So I'm Alison Ramkeen. I'm the Executive Director at Founders for Schools. Founders for Schools is a key education charity that uses technology to connect people from the world of work and educators. The reason why we do this is we are really passionately believe that young people need to be better prepared about what happens in the world of work and what opportunities are out there for them. And as much as teachers try their hardest to provide that and have the remit to do that, they're not the experts and there's no way that they can possibly keep on top of everything that's going on out there in the world of work. The people who are doing the jobs are the ones that know. So we encourage role models from the world of work to go into the classroom and to talk to young people about what they do. Um, within that, we have a flagship project that's called Mass for Girls that we're here to talk about today um, because we genuinely think that that's something that is really, really important, not only to the young girls who are deciding what they're planning to do in the future, but having more girls who are better um, educated in maths will only help the entire economy and everybody and hopefully lead them to more successful and better paying careers in their future. Fantastic, thank you. And Noshin, could you tell us a little bit about you and, and your role in Maths for Girls? Sure. Um, I'm Noshin Begum. So I work as a marketing and communications lead at Maths for Girls. Um, I come from a very tech focused background. So I know the importance of maths, you know, throughout GCSEs, I always knew that maths is going to be super important. However, I didn't take maths at A levels. And I do think that's kind of what led me to maths for girls, because I knew when I was in that GCSE age, I wasn't really encouraged to take maths or even IT, accounting, those types of subjects were very heavily boys. So 
I grew up, luckily, I, my parents were very encouraging to, for me to go to computer science. So when I was doing my degree, I started to realize how if I did maths A-levels, it would have been so much easier at uni doing computer science. So I was kind of having to learn a lot of things on my own outside of uni. So I definitely feel like that's kind of what led me to maths for girls, because I know that there's a lot of girls out there that may have been in the same situation that I was in. And I really want to help encourage and inspire girls that to show them that maths is a girl's subject too. And yeah, that's kind of how I fell into maths for girls with Alison and Minna. Brilliant, thank you. And I can see Lou nodding at the idea that maths is absolutely for girls. Lou, could you tell us a little bit about your um, work in the area of, of maths for girls, please? Yeah, I feel very privileged. I work with two maths hubs um, and a good number of teachers. Crossphase, so I'm working with teachers who teach um, pupils up to the age of 18 from four or five. So the two work groups that I've got have that a real mix and that's been really interesting. Um, the majority of the teachers are from the primary sector, which is superb because though we initially planned more secondary, we've ended up with strong interest because those teachers are noticing the difference in girls' attitude as well as attainment. Mostly attitude, the girls attain certainly reasonably highly, but they don't see themselves as mathematicians. So the projects where I'm working with the teachers is so that we can hopefully start to turn that around. Fantastic, thank you very much. We'll hear a little bit more about some of those work groups and some of that research a bit later. We're gonna go back now to um, the kind of the, the start of, of Maths for Girls. Minna mentioned um, that it's it's something where she was felt very passionate about it when she couldn't hire people. Um, could you tell us a little bit, Minna, about um, the work of Maths for Girls to date and some of the impact that you think that's had on girls attitude to math? Well, one, we put it up on a founder's platform. And then one has to do lunch. I invited Sherry Kutu, the founder of Math for Girls to lunch, told her what I'd like to do, but I needed her platform. And she was agreeable. And we set it up and then we needed volunteers to go to the schools. And initially they were from the industry I was from, you know, from finance in the city, but it wasn't meant to be just for finance. It was more, can we get our hands on volunteers because we want to do this? And it was to tell girls about their careers and then the role models, and there will be two or three in an encounter in a school live. After they've told about their careers, they've discussed how do I use maths, maths in my career and why do I need it? And then the girls get to ask questions of these people. And then just as we were getting going, COVID happened. So we actually went on Zoom. And Zoom was good in some ways because it meant we reached a far wider audience that they know. And it's really to show girls here, all these careers, depending on where you're from, you didn't know existed. It grew from 600 something in the pilot to now we've had 25 girls, 11 to 14. And that was chosen because of my friend Shirley Conran and her Maths Anxiety Trust that this is the age when girls decide against maths. So we wanted to show them, no, look what maths can do for you. And it's before you decide you do your GCSEs because girls do as well or better than boys in their GCSEs. And then they don't take either A-levels or core maths or even T-maths 
unless they absolutely have. Yeah, Minna's story about how Master Girls are fun, um, founded is so, like, it's personal to me. I just want to put this really cool statistic out there that um, a school pupil voice survey with year 10s after one single Master Girls encounter showed that they had 83% actually raised their optimism about the future and 78% cited a positive impact on their well-being and sense of belonging just from one single Master Girls encounter. And that is so amazing. If I had that experience when I was, you know, just after my GCSE, I definitely think my journey, my academic journey would have been different. So I def it definitely shows the power of putting these professionals into these school environments and just inspiring these young girls and showing the power of maths in daily life. Amazing. Is, is there, Lou, is there any um, evidence that, I'm going to ask a controversial question here, that girls just aren't as good as ma at maths as boys are? Or is this absolutely a myth and girls should, there should be no reason why they wouldn't be taking maths uh, beyond GCSE? There's absolutely, there's no reason that's clear. Um, and even if there were, it would be unhelpful. It would be unhelpful to female students. Um, the economic potential um, for women to earn, these are careers that are generally much better paid. Um, mostly from what I can see, this is an aspirational thing. The research, uh, there's a very large UNESCO report that's um, re had this probably the strongest impact on me reading that report and my thinking. So no, there's no reason. It would, it's, it's an unhelpful argument. Um, there are reasons that we could look at as to why girls may not have certain skills because they aren't developed, but that's quite different. Um, and part of my work with teachers is to support them, to support their students to develop some of the skills they may be missing. So there's no reason that those barriers can't be broken down and that girls uh, can be encouraged none, to do math? None whatsoever. Um, and internationally, though in large parts of the world there are fewer girls taking mathematics, there are areas in the world where more girls take mathematics because other skills are valued more highly for the male students. So that's a really interesting thing as well. There's no reason whatsoever. Brilliant. So in, in terms of, we, we live in an age now where so much is digital, so much is data-led and data-driven, and girls and boys are going into careers where maths is so crucial and so important to underpin the knowledge and the skills that they're going to have to use in those careers. Alison, what's your understanding of, of or what would you say to a girl who said, well, why is it important that I need to do maths beyond GCSE? Because despite the fact that the girls are often doing better at maths at that age group, their choice not to continue doing it means that their wage, um, their overall lifetime earnings is significantly lower than male earnings. And that is partly are primarily to the fact that the higher paid jobs that are available out there require maths to be able to access them. So it's you mentioned some of the data-driven stuff, the technology, but it's basically the entire STEM type jobs, so science, technology, engineering, maths, but also the senior jobs in the other um, areas that they're not thinking of, that they, they need those math skills to be able to even apply for those jobs or get past interview stages for those jobs. And by not choosing them, they're blocking themselves out of what can be some really fantastic careers out there. 
they are not male careers by any means at all. But I mean, even just recently, there was stats out saying that by the year 2025, for every one female working in technology, there'll be 115 men. I mean, do we really, as in our future, want our entire life decided by men? when technology is so important to absolutely, I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, it's, it's not even just the pay, it's how you see the world or how the world interacts with you. Um, it's been led by men. And one of the reasons why that is, is because not enough females are going into those types of jobs to be able to make the difference. And in the tech industry, the science industry, engineering, all of them, they are crying out for girls to come and join their industries. And they're, they, they're really struggling to get um, enough of them in to make a big change to the numbers and it's such a shame and I think as well that there is often an underappreciation that lots of jobs that might be considered more female so for example hairdressing healthcare, these sorts of sectors you actually do need really good strong math skills to be able to do those jobs well and that's just not talked about as much so I I mean it's it should just be one of those things that you do. You might not love it, as Minna said. I know I wasn't in love with maths, even though I did it up to higher, because um, I'm Scotland, as you can hear, uh, Scottish, as you can hear from my accent. Um, but it is just so vitally important. It should just be one of those things that you do to help prepare you for what comes next yeah. in your life. Yeah, and I would say the other thing is, the reason of the role models, is if you can see it, you can be it. Yes. In many places, they're unaware that these careers exist or that the step to them is the maths. You're not going to be an engineer. You're not going to be doing research. You're not going to be doing things you wouldn't have thought about construction. So I know from my own experience of teaching um, that sometimes when students in front of you ask about careers and how they're going to use your subject in careers in the future, you maybe don't know all the things that that it could open up and that it could uh, do for the students in front of you. What you're able to provide at Maths for Girls is people who can come and illustrate those careers, who can support teachers, educators and the children in the classroom to understand a bit more about how maths fits into those careers in the future. Nashin, could you tell us a bit about how schools can get involved in that, how teachers can get these people to either be face to face in the classroom or online to talk to their students about these kind of careers? Definitely. Um, So Maths for Girls, our platform makes it really simple for educators, teachers, schools to just go on our website, click create an event. And in under two minutes, you can see our whole database of amazing volunteer speakers from a range of industries but all these maths as they're in part of their day-to-day roles. Um, you can then choose which speakers you want to invite. You can ha- um, filter the speakers by based on topics, based on industry, based on companies, location. You can do the events in person or online. And then you send an invite and that's it. You just wait for the RSVP from the amazing speakers. And then you have your first ever Maths for Girls event. And is this something that's available to all phases? Is this something that works from primary, secondary, post-16? Who can who can get involved in this? 
So primarily it's focused on for children aged 11 to 14 years old, but we do have the capacity where you can choose your classroom size, the classroom ages, just so that you can the speaker can tailor what they're talking about for that target audience, that room size, and even for that topic area. As well as this work that Maths for Girls are doing, Lou, I know that there's kind of on the ground work with people in maths hubs to um, develop a greater understanding of maths for girls, of STEM. Could you tell us a little bit about your work in this area? Because there's a lot of intersection between the work that you're doing with classroom teachers and this promotion of a positive attitude to maths for girls. So we initially we begin with a conversation with teachers and our own aspirations. Where did we start? Why, why are we teachers? Um, several with good maths, strong maths background, not knowing about career opportunities. Um, we bring that in, you know, we extend that conversation. One of our participants talked about her own daughter who wanted to do an apprenticeship. She wanted to do a STEM apprenticeship. She went to an apprenticeship open day. Um, she was introduced to apprenticeships in girl friendly job roles the only one that would even vaguely use mathematics was accountancy and finance she's now at university she didn't go down an apprenticeship route studying astrophysics um she, it wasn't suggested to her that she could have gone into an engineering apprenticeship so that it was a parent who's also a teacher who was upset really that her own daughter had had that experience we also talked about when Pupils have the choice to make their own place, choose placements for schools. Um, problems are often exacerbated in those from lower socioeconomic backgrounds. And one of the teachers in the school went down, had before coming to the meeting, had been down and looked at her register. The vast majority of the girls were going to nursery school placements, uh, anything, you know, some were going, the ones who'd chosen a vaguely STEM facing thing were going to work, see if they could get some work in a vet. So there was that, there was that, at least we've got something. Um, but the vast majority of the boys were going to work as mechanics in the car garages. Um, some of the girls had placements in nail bars, etc. The lack of aspiration of those young women was really quite stark. So that big conversation, how can we then draw that in? So we highlight the work of maths girls we talk about opportunities getting in speakers and then bring in a little bit the work groups are not research heavy but it is research and innovation we give them reading um so they have things we share friendly versions when new things come out there's the mathematics pipeline that's come out of the university of nottingham so we would share that with them talking about times when girls seem to drop off when we notice a difference and what we can do to address that the teachers, I have to say, it's been, some of them described it's quite a steep learning curve for them as well. They came because they were interested. Most people, the question you asked, is there something different in the brain? Nothing that's been established. Um, there isn't a maths brain. There isn't a, an English brain. Self-belief has been hugely important so that girls don't ever really see themselves in those careers. Um, there's maths anxiety if teachers are nervous more females have maths anxiety so the teachers then tend to play it safe so they don't take risks then their girls don't take risks um 
lots and lots that just rolls on. So this sort of opportunity, we have seen, we know it starts quite early in primary school. Um, I noted, Noshin saying 11 to 14, and I'm thinking, yes, I've got some, we've got 10, 11 year olds. It'd be really great to get maths for girls in talking about that. More confident teachers in schools as well. So these teachers are going back to school with projects they can run, they're designing for themselves to really show girls that they can succeed. So what are some of the next steps then, Lou, for the work that you've been doing? You obviously think it's possible for attitudes to change and for girls oh. to be more positive about maths. What's, what's next on the agenda for you and the work that you're doing? So at the moment, where we are with our projects this year, so we, we ran, I ran some pilot projects with North Northwest Maths Hub and did some work with Cumbria Local Authority and their specialist leaders of education for maths previously. But what I'm hoping this year, the teachers have designed their own very small research project. They're trying something out in their classrooms. They're sharing with each other. So in the summer, they'll do a celebratory event. I'll capture that so I'll be able to share it nationally. And I'm hopeful then that we can share that more widely so that other schools can get involved, other teachers can see actually, even if it's a small change, it's the beginning of that small change. One teacher's already talked about the fact that they're rolling this out across their school. They've tried it in a couple of classes and they're now, it's a primary school, but they want teachers working on projects capitalising on girls' strengths. They're good. In PISA, I think 2015, they tested collaborative problem solving. Girls come out really strongly in collaborative problem solving. So this school have used collaborative problem solving to, to develop girls' spatial awareness. So they've done a spatial awareness project in area of deficit for girls, capitalising on a girl's area of strength. It's been hugely successful. The girls are talking about maths in the playground. There's real excitement. So I want to be able to celebrate that and bring that to other teachers so they know that they can do it too. Yeah. Sorry, I'd quite like to find some young women who are studying STEM subjects as well, who can talk to these girls. So they're huge, hugely close in age. And so they can talk. The only ones I've managed to find are all, are all teachers' children. And I'd quite like to find some who aren't because there's that difference in aspiration. Whatever background you come from, you can you can choose these careers. So I've, I've got some lined up, but I haven't managed to get any who aren't no. teachers' children. God, no. I was yeah. going to say the two regions I work in are very different as well. And that's for me with the research background interest here. I'm quite interested. We've got you know, Birmingham is a very densely populated area. Uh, and whereas the North Northwest is much more spread, the region, um, far more rural. But we know that certain ethnic minorities, girls' education is valued less. So some of my teachers have got girls from particular communities that they're working with to try and raise that profile. Um, and the rural girls, likewise, the aspirations can be really well. I've seen Alison yeah. last week. So just to follow on with Mina about getting role models, the role model aspect is massively impactful when it comes to helping young people decide what they want to do going forward. And prior to working with Founders for Schools, I worked at the job that I did was based within a college that had all these trade apprenticeships that you're talking about and some of the, the lower level um, tech roles. 
And interestingly, the best performing people on those courses tended to be the girls. Mm -hmm. And it's because there was so few of them that if they were going into those jobs or those industries, they had to be really sure they wanted to do it. They wanted, they had to have the passion about it. And as a result, they were just heads and shoulders above the majority of the rest of the course. They were just so successful. And through the work that we were doing with that, one of the things that we helped facilitate was very much getting those girls to go back into schools and talk to them. And that's one of the reasons why as part of Mass for Girls, we're trying to build relationships with um, apprenticeship providers like QA, which mm. runs a lot of the the kind of tech digital apprenticeships, uh, apprenticeship training across the UK to try and encourage those apprenticeships, those apprentices to go back and talk to young people in schools as part of their training, because it is vitally important. And it is about understanding that it's not necessarily the top, the cleverest girls in the class that that's the route for them which could often be the way it is genuinely something that everybody should be thinking about to help their future care aspirations because it is just it is that important it really really is that important so changing the attitudes of of the girls in the classroom of the teachers of everybody there are so many factors involved aren't there and that that all the work that's happening with Maths for Girls is one of the things that can absolutely contribute to helping these girls understand that maths is for them and that they will, they can and will be successful at it. Just before we wrap up then, for the teachers who are listening, who may be primary, secondary, post-16 teachers, they could be in any phase, if you could give them one piece of advice about encouraging the girls in front of them to feel like confident mathematicians, what would it be? Alison, what would you say? Well, definitely to second what Minna has just said, but I would also say math teachers, by the fact, are very passionate about their subject. They love it, um, but sometimes it can maybe be seen as a little bit of a drier subject than maybe some others. So I think really making it clear the real world application for how this is used and why really answering that question, why do I need to learn this? why it's important to them and that it is very much for the career but there are lots of other reasons um why maths is just so important to everyday life absolutely thank you go on Luke. And I, I would add girls often female students need to see a purpose so in their in what they're doing so for teachers to create a learning environment that engages girls to find out Working independently on a set of exercises isn't as engaging for our girls to find opportunities to create that climate in the classroom. To make that application enable those girls to see how this maths is going to be useful to them in the future. Yeah. 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 And Dashin, what would be your piece of advice for the teachers out there? Yeah, definitely. I feel like this is a major problem. But what Maths for Girls has done is we try to create a simple solution where teachers, educators and schools can really take advantage of all the amazing um, females out there, female professionals out there that are using maths in a range of industries. And I just want to say that one single Maths for Girls encounter actually boosts girls' perception of the importance of maths by 15 percentage points. So we know this works. What we need are more teachers, schools and educators to really create these free events in person or online 
And I think it will change. I think it will change the numbers. Absolutely. It's been such a positive experience speaking to you all. It's it's been so wonderful to hear about the impact that Maths for Girls is already having, the work that's happening out there in Maths Hubs. Um, if people listening are interested to get involved, search Maths for Girls, go on their website, sign up, have a look at the people who can very quickly uh, arrange a visit to your school or an online session with the girls in your school. If you want to get involved with research and innovation work groups with your local Maths Hub, Go onto the NCTM website, go and find your hub. There are opportunities out there. there. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you all today. Thank you so much. And uh, we 